Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast, where myself, Stephen Goldsmith, Gareth Barker and Rory Fallow are joined in the studio by a couple of guests. Bumper episode, mm, The Neat, James Hunter, who ran a piece yesterday just reiterating the point that Sunderland are in no hurry to get rid of David Moyes at the moment. Um, so no doubt we will address that tonight. We did a little poll on that as well. We'll have a look at the results. And Chris Thompson offer a love supreme as well, also with us. Glad to have you both in with us this evening. Yeah, lovely to see well, you. Thank what you. a lovely time to be a Sunderland fan, eh? <laughs> same, as, same as normal, isn't it? Before we get into the Moyes thing, I, I, do, I do just want to... Um, I mean, you can't get away from Moyes when you talk about the game anyway, because I think some of the uh, decisions, some of the selection decisions uh, as well, shall we say. Any overriding opinion on the... then. Any overriding opinion on the game was, was everybody as sort of gobsmacked as me when the team sheet came out and then Dong wasn't that. Definitely. He's with Corny out, him and Defoe would have been our best two players. Um Kazri doesn't get played because he doesn't work hard enough and can't keep the ball. And then Ndong gets dropped for possessing the same qualities and then being told he's not British enough to be playing. Whereas Swedish Seb Larsen and Irish Darren Gibson are perfectly perfectly British enough mm. which maybe they are in style of play home, but, home players perhaps he meant with that yeah maybe but even if it's style of play you'd say a British style midfielder would be someone who's hard working likes to tackle presses quite high all things and Dong does well if you're going to generalise it's hardly like African players are not known for the hard work in the middle of the yeah, park exactly. it, so. I'd say a British midfield is boring unimaginative and <laughs> slow paced and, and not in that sense, he nailed it. Well, that's what <laughs> slow paced is exactly is what we got. And, well, I thought, like, because you know, you said on the the Thursday, oh well, we must have. You know, he said we've got a couple of knocks. So I was thinking, well, be rational, benefit of the doubt. Maybe in Dong has hardly trained or something, and that's why he's on the bench. I thought there must have been an injury. Minutes. Yeah, I wasn't surprised because I thought the same thing. Um, and I'm yet to speak to David Moyes properly to find out what the, the situation was. Obviously, these things are just uh, addressed very quickly af- after the game. Um, but the, you know, it's not until later I get the chance to to dig into the detail a little bit more. Um, so I assume, like like Gareth said, that uh, that it was probably due to some some kind of knock because there were a couple of injuries mentioned and obviously we, we knew that Cornet was one but uh, I assume that Ndong was probably the other. As far as the Britishness thing goes, I mean loads made of that uh, today. I think when you're talking about Britishness he's talking less in terms of pure nationality um, more in more in terms of Premier League experience I think is, is probably the point he's driving at um, which is why we're talking about having you know 
Irish Darren Gibson and Swedish yeah. Seb Larson. I mean, I, I mean, we've probably been a bit flippant about the the Britishness thing, but at the same time, I mean, it was you who brought it to everyone's attention, Rory. The, the, I mean, <laughs> I read that in Don comment this morning. I was like, because I was hoping, I saw the piece, and in a way, I was hoping that, oh well, he's going to say, and Don had a knock. That's why he didn't start him. And then, but everyone's got to their own opinion that, yeah. on team selections, right? So, what, and I'm sure there's people out there who don't rate him, Don. In fact, I know for a fact there are people who think he's like terrible. But I think he, he's our best midfielder. I think a lot of people would suggest that we have to play our best players. You've got to play your best players, and to drop him because he, you know, is, is this this Britishness coming, and then you know, obviously trolling back through again. This is something that's. Yeah, he said about Jones. He said about Gillibodji. Yeah, to um, trying to get more British in, Britishness into Gillibodji, and yeah, it, it can you can construe it as nitpicking, or if you like. But the thing is, it comes. It doesn't come on the back of success. It comes on the back of consistent defeat and consistent failure, and it just ends up sounding. You end up sounding a bit deranged. Like so, after the game, the thing that there's a few things that have really annoyed us in the last week or so. Where, where I was a bit more on the fence about Moyes and we have talked about it and said, you know, we've kind of got to take our medicine and he'll be the person who's here for the long term. And So after the game, in a game where we kept a clean sheet, why is he talking about the fact that Kone was injured on the Thursday and it caused this problem and that problem? Irrelevant in the game. Yeah. Well, Irrelevant in the game. See, that might be maybe the formation he would have That I can help was. you with. That I can help you with. Because um, I have spoken to David Moyes about that, and the point is, there's more to defending than simply clean clean sheets. He's talking about use of the ball from from the back, and he felt that uh, you get better use of the ball with uh, Corney in there. Even so though he's it, played Jason Denier in central midfield, well, it might not have been Jason Denier that was that was that was dropped. Might it, it, it might have been a, a back. A back four. It could, with, a, uh, it could have been a back with, three because we've had success at that season, yeah. and, he, and he scrapped that on the back of two Gabbiadini goals. But against what, what I would say with the back with the back three though, he's brought Lescott in. He's yeah. brought him in for a reason. Why not use him? And that back three, not necessarily what it does for us defensively, it does a lot more for us higher up the pitch. Yeah. How many times did Yan- and Yanazai actually, to be fair, made the best? Of, I think made the best out of a bad job on Saturday. Yeah, I thought did, I thought he was yeah. our best player, yeah, but how how many times did he get the ball? And was just had three Burnley players around well, him, was and, and was and Defoe was like a man on a desert island. He, he was, was that far away from Yanazai was getting the ball launched to him, shoulder height, head height. Basically, that guy over there could do something with it. Let's mm. just get it to him as quickly as possible. Which ironically, we kind of do want in a way because we have been encouraging to go more direct. But that's not the kind of player to do it, is it? No. And I mean, go, the, the centre midfielders you, you, you mentioned slow paced, and it's, this is going back to. When we first started doing the podcast with Martin o- in Martin O'Neill's final few days, and it's almost going back to that where the midfielders are looking about and just who wants it. And it was really frustrating me. I was sitting there thinking, if this is the best you can offer against a side who looked as frightened to win the game as we were, yeah. then I'm not even contemplating staying up anymore. I'm now just worried that we're not going to get the 30 points and yeah, make a total be embarrassment isn't it? of ourselves. I'm now almost resigned to the fact that right, we're going down please just make it look respectable and get the 30 points. Because at, at least if you go down fighting, gives you a bit of hope yeah. for next season, and, and, doesn't and it? That's an awful place to be as a football fan, though, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Like, it doesn't, it's hard to see. This is as bad as we were in those first 10 games where we weren't winning. Where... So one win in 13, I think we've got. 
where we can't see what the, the idea is again. There doesn't seem to be a well, plan. Without, we've we've gone four games without scoring a goal. Without like, need to be. There's not one, is there? Yeah. Well, we knew this this four three three. We knew back in November didn't work without a big target man up front. So so why has he gone back to playing it now? I guess you go back to the the, the question. Fair enough. What else do you do then? He could he could have gone to that back three. He, he could have gone, gone back, back to that three, three five one one. I'm saying with no with no Victor and Nietzsche. If you've got no big striker, then how do you how we'll do try you and then, utilize the then try you've try got. and do that three five one yeah. one, which he's done without an Nietzsche, which got us a four nil yeah. win at Crystal Palace and got us a nil nil draw with or Tottenham. Change change some of the personnel in the, in the team, you know. Well, he did that, and everybody kicked off because he dropped well, no, them. <laughs> well, but yeah, so the player who's been playing reasonably well. No, I'm, 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 I'm being, I'm being flippant. But my but point, my point is, you're you talking about and, player like you know, again going back to Kazri. Yeah, people have their opinions on Kazri, but my point is, my point fit, is, it's, I think it's easy in, in hindsight, isn't it? Because you know what the outcome is, and you say, well, why didn't you do this? But obviously, you draw nil nil against Burnley, create five chances. If one of those goes in, no, no, nobody cares. No, nobody cares, and everybody says, "Well, that was all right." Well, you know, you dropped in dong, and we won one nil, etc., etc. But that didn't happen, did it? I know that's what I'm saying. You've got the <laughs> you've got the benefit of hindsight. It's easy to to pick holes after the event, isn't well, it? I think people have in foresight have made suggestions that you know maybe needs to try and best utilize these players. And yeah. every every week they aren't. You know, one of our best chances came because Oviedo was in a much further advanced position and could get that ball over the top of Barini. He's playing that three-five-one-one. That's Oviedo's starting position, and he's got a chance to do that a little bit more. Um, I'd see why he actually did play Rodwell. To be fair, for, for height, because we got murdered. We've been murdered in the air when we've played Burnley this season. But and Dong Gibson, and Dong wasn't the one to drop. Yeah. Not even necessarily Gibson Larson. Yeah. I'm, I'm a massive Larson apologist, but ever since he's came back this season, he doesn't look up to it, and I don't understand why. I know he, I know he does get substituted now and again, but I don't understand how he's how he keeps starting at he the moment. He didn't really have an assist to his name when Billy Jones yeah, decided nice to. Yeah, nice ball in. To, uh, but decided to. And that was like the Seb Larson of all, wasn't it? But of course, he's just he's not getting those positions probably just because. His legs are gone, but you talk yeah. about it. Well, I, I, I don't need, mean it's necessarily a dig towards Larson. It's not, you know, he's, he's, he's aged and he's had a bad yeah. injury. It's not his fault, but I mean that, that Billy Do we Jones think the as well is just, it's just <laughs> really, what can he say? It speaks for itself, doesn't it? What, what, what did we? Who do we think the cheer was for? Larson going off or Kazri coming on? That was an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. because there was, sure. there was there was split, sure there was there was split opinions, and a couple of my. A couple of my friends were like, "That's bad, crack, Bill Larson." I says, "I'm pretty sure that that's an ironic cheer for how for eventually bringing Kazri on was I how it was I interpreted." Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting how that splits opinion, isn't it? I bet not everyone was doing it just for Kazri, yeah. but I think yeah, that is. I think what Larson's was got enough for... in the bank with Sunderland fans not to not to be ironically cheered when he substituted. Though you would you would think, yeah, you would think it's not as though he was bad, was it? Yeah. You know, it wasn't as as though he, his performance was was rank. You know, he. he Put in a, a great delivery. Should have scored him himself. Do you know what I mean? He was, you know, he's, he's hardly the worst player on the pitch. Mm-hmm. He's just average, isn't he? I mean, this is what this is what we are now. I mean, this is this is where we are. Picking the bones out of. I mean, it's interesting. Us on Twitter, you kind of tweeted Chris about how you actually thought. You know, you, you, I think you used the words were unlucky or unfortunate, maybe not to win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, to be honest, seeing us create five chances was actually quite positive for me. Because there's been home performances this season where we just haven't looked like creating anything, and then obviously when the ball falls to Billy Jones, it's not who you want, and then the other chances, <clears throat> perhaps Barini could have done better, or the two. But um, 
the very fact that we're creating chances was was a positive sign for me. But and then, I was, I was but, a little bit surprised to see us booed off at but full time. But. but it's almost like, you know, we're so pathetic that when we actually finally like do something that's above um, to to a mediocre level, it shows how beaten down we are. Yeah, right. it's like it's like that's that's dura- that's like oh that was quite good because while good, we were still unlucky, it's, it's well it's below par because you, you're playing a team. I, I've, I don't I haven't researched this. But they must, Burnley must be in, must have the worst away. Yeah, I think that's their third point. They must on have the, the worst away form in in the country in the ninety-two I think teams. The worst, surely. worst in Premier League history. I think. Premier League. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying this season, ninety-two teams. There's yeah. can't, there must be one that's won a game away. Everyone must have won a game, won, won a game away from home once yeah. in the ninety-two teams. Even we've won a game away from home. <laughs> Well, we we one of the worst teams. Derby on eleven points, Sunderland on fifteen and nineteen points, all one games away from home on the season. So, it it puts in perspective how how bad they are now. I know it almost sounds simplistic to say that because they're a decent team, Burnley, but the form is so different at home to it is away, and and they were they were there for the taking as well. That's a frustrating thing. You thought a little bit, just ramp this intensity up a little bit, and and they're going to panic here. It was almost like when Wimbledon. Let, try to let us win and beat us 1-0 to relegate us in 1997 was what I was thinking of because they they tried everything they could to let us win that game and they ended up beating us all we needed was a Jason Yule figure to go up the other end and score in the last couple of minutes but I, I was sitting there and it is depressing that, is there anybody in the room who who thinks Sunderland will stay up? No, not at all No, Chris? No, to be honest You thought about that too you, you, you didn't answer straight away there it's, it's a weird thing this season because I've always I've always thought with the with the previous seasons obviously we've seen enough relegation battles to last a lifetime but the last few seasons we've always had the talent there to kind of to pull it to pull it out if we have some sort of kind of motivation inspiration like a moment of genius from the manager but I don't think we have the talent there this time and I don't think we have the motivational genius from the manager because I, I don't think Moyes is capable of that anymore I always thought with the previous managers that. You know, with Allardyce, he's always got a trick up his sleeve, like because he's he's just that, that's just the type of guy he is. Like he's a he's a madhead, you know what I mean? With Moyes, he's completely lost it. Like is that team as bad on paper as, as people are saying? I will, yeah, you have a look at that starting eleven on paper, and you see some of the names on that team sheet: uh, Barini, Anazai, the four up front. I think it's I, I think, think it's, it's an awful they're, they're, team. They're, to better be than, they're better than twenty points. They're definitely better than just twenty points this season. Yeah, well, but you've named the, the best players by by a long shot. There, you've got players in that team that. You know they shouldn't be in the league. You know what I mean. And 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 the thing is, going back to what you said when I was on this podcast a couple of times ago about what you guys said about um, buying players and replacing players with players who are worse than the player than you're replacing, and that's we're stuck in a situation now where you're playing Billy Jones at right back, and Moyes has already brought in two players to replace Billy Jones, and they can't even get in the team because Billy Jones is still the best player. And he's if we're he, he's it, brought them in. Yeah, and he's brought them in, and, and with Corner, with him injured, you've got Lescott who he's brought in, you've got Gillibody who he's brought in, and then he'd rather have a centre midfielder playing on loan, playing at centre back instead of Gillibody who he's kind of champion champion from the start, bring them in, and also he's he's dropping Corner, uh, sorry not Corner, and Dong now, and he's persevered with Ndong, contradicted Ndong's form, which in fairness has improved all the way through the season he's gotten the point now where he's got a running game so he's actually got a grasp of the style of football we're playing and, and how the Premier League the pace of the game and stuff like that so he's decided to drop him and bring in Rodwell and fair enough Rodwell did alright 
but that's kind of undone the whole progress that we've had with Ndong throughout the season because he hasn't got a clue what he's doing and now he's just trying anything. And it all just felt a bit, that's a thing, it feels a bit like, oh, well, let's change, let's make a change. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's changes for change's sake. It doesn't feel like there's a, an idea behind it. It kind of feels a bit like, I don't know, it's just a little bit the Bruce, let's just chuck loads of strikers on and hope to score. That I was, I thought it was actually a bit embarrassing in that second half when, at about sixty minutes, Kazri, Jilabodjian, and Dongo went out to warm up together. Yeah. Jilabodji warmed up, and I know O'Shea had a knock, but Jilabodji did not sit down again for half an hour. So he's just running up and down the touchline with his shorts on, and Dong had a bib on for ten minutes, with over his top. Say, so, well, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Kazri was running up and down there, just thought. Do something like yeah. what are you waiting? What are you actually waiting for? Like, do you think that Darren Gibson's going to suddenly pull something out of the hat? Because, I mean, he's a car horse. Like, offers nothing. Rodwell, that's the thing. It's like, oh, he did all right. It's because his base level of performances yeah. were generally awful. Yeah, that it's when he's the standard solo, that when something yeah. someone does something that's not terrible, it's like, oh, that's an improvement, isn't it? We're getting better yeah. now. And it is. It, it, it's a, the expectation levels are so so low. Of, of of what we expect now, and it's like you you do wonder about what what kind of team are we, what, what kind of what kind of club have we become, what kind of supporters have we become, and you know we can't, we don't, we're not really the. I mean, I know when Murray went, there was the the protest, but I wouldn't say that was like a a mass mass protest. I mean, there was no, probably, it wasn't people marching through the city with like a coffin or anything no, like that. Like no, we've, <laughs> we've never protested to that no. extent in the history of the football. No, club. so that's not something we do when we when people just walk out and and that's. That's apathy personified. People just walking out of a game. People get criticised for doing that, like you're not a proper supporter. It's like, well, what are we supposed to do? We get kind of force-fed the idea that David Moyes is better than Sunderland, that we're almost he's got no control over the situation, that we're almost lucky to have him. We're a club that sacks managers, so we can't possibly sack a manager because it'll be, oh, God, Sunderland has sacked a manager again, typical Sunderland, so we've got to stick with Moyes whether you rate him or not this is a person who this is a I mean talking about frustrations this is somebody who actually we talk about players in in a, in a squad and say Van Arnold was a great example he needs he needs another player to he needs another left back to come in and put pressure on it to improve his performance this player the ex-player needs another player in his position who's going to give him a kick up the backside because this place is under threat David Moyes' job is not under threat whatsoever Yeah. so he's got no there's no motivating factor for him because his attitude, to me, reads as, well, you know, I can just go off somewhere and get yeah. another job elsewhere, so it doesn't bother me um, if you get rid of us. I'm here, I'll do this rebuilding job. That's in the bag, my four-year contract. That's not under pressure. My job's not under pressure. So there's no pressure behind the decisions that he's making. And that's probably why the supporters are so, do what he wants. are so apathetic. They know that we'll probably get yeah. get to this whether, whether you, and that's it. Whether you agree with whether you agree with Moyes in or Moyes out, whatever, you know he's fact, not going the anywhere. Fact that he's not, but the fact that he's not being put under any pressure, even if you don't, even if you're not behind him, no, and, and, and let's yeah. let's say for supporters who do think you should go, the reason they're probably so apathetic and just walking out and not really showing much passion, shall we say, is because they're like, well, yeah. but he, he, he's, he's, he's yeah. safe as houses. What, yeah. what what can I do? Well, let's segue us into the Moyes conversation then from the game. There may or may not be a little advert in place, and if there is, that's now. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back. If there wasn't yeah. if there wasn't an advert, that wow. was just a little piece of music for you. I to really enjoy to. that product myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would endorse it. It's probably like something awful, yeah. nappies or something like that. Men, Nap- nappies men. are good. They're nappies useful. For men. Nappies for men. Men nappies. Tenor, tenor, tenor men. Whatever it's called, isn't it? A lot of those could be dished out and used at the stadium like then. Um, <laughs> right, we did do a, a poll then, and just shy of a thousand people voted on it. Moys in or moys out, and this is. Had a massive swing again from last time we did this poll, and that is that only 34% of people said Moyes in, meaning 66% of people said Moyes out. Now that's, you know, there's no way you can say that reflects the entire fan base. It's just the few people who went to social media and on Twitter, but there's certainly, I still sense it's splitting opinion. I don't know what you guys think about yeah. the Moyes in Moyes out. I wouldn't say it's totally now. Camp, for example, I. Uh, I would say 50% of the people I got the match with uh, want to keep him at all costs for next season, and the other 50% um, think it's time for him to leave. Does anybody have a very strong opinion on this, James? I know that you you know what the situation is that, that Moyes will be here long term. Um, can you can you see the the point Gareth was mentioning now? What it might do to to fans and players if it, if everybody just sort of just accepts that's it? And, and, and there's no pressure on the situation at all. I can see the, you know, the the logic of that. That you know, that's not not lost on on me at all. I I worry from the point of view that if Sunderland make another managerial change at this stage of the season, um, the club loses all credibility. If it's if it turns around and, and says and uh, says last summer, um, we're now going to. Stick with stick with our manager and st- and stick to our guns. We're we're through with this uh, changing, and then it changes manager at this stage. You know, the, all credibility is gone. If people, you know, here in in this this studio and and certainly at, at, in the fan base at, at large, I've already accepting that that the club will be relegated. So who's going to come and take the job? And and where do you go from where do you go from there who's going to who's going to come in it's very easy to say let's sack the manager it's very hard to then say right and this is the guy i want to come in and and fix the situation that's the difficult bit and nobody ever gets that far um i mean when you think about the the uh the managerial situation i remember at uh, everton just a few weeks ago um and uh 
the fans, the away fans were singing David Moyes' name in the second half. So it's mm. certainly very, How very you split. How his name if you didn't manage my team? Um, no, I say it was the away fans. It was the it was the Sunderland fans. So it was definitely the the fans that that uh, uh, you know that had gone gone there to to follow Sunderland. It wasn't the Everton fans. So this is this is this is my point. I think that that um, the club the club's trying to change what it's what it's done behind the scenes and. As I, as I said earlier in the season, in a piece, you know, five years of bad management for all levels within the club has now has now caught up with it, uh, and that's what and that's what you're seeing. But at the same time, I don't think that necessarily means that David Moyes is the right person just because. Yeah, well, just just because we've sacked other managers before, it doesn't. We've got it wrong before. It doesn't mean this time we've got it right because we're going to stick with them. Because I mean, that's true. But but what we know is we know what we know is that constant managerial turnover doesn't get you anywhere. Well, it, I guess it, they'd argue it keeps you in the Premier League because well, that's what that's why that's what the I'm, whether I'm yeah that's, that's a different in, debate. In that's, it, a, that's that's an interesting point. I and mean, that, that's I, their I primary ask, motivating factor in it the, from a club perspective that they is. want to stay in the Premier League. But but I asked somebody somebody this on on Twitter last night, and I'll ask you lads here, here in the studio, if survival means if somehow survive finishing seventeenth this season and surviving by the skin of the teeth all over again with David Moyes or or with another manager in charge and another season of this next season. You know, where's the fun in that for a Sunderland fan? Do you not want to win games? Do you, you know, what do you want to do? Win another eight games next season? Something, something like that. It's a pretty grim prospect, uh, clinging on by your fingernails every season, isn't it? Well, I actually, I actually felt that this season. I know this is kind of a stupid thing to say, but I actually felt it would be a bit different this season because we finished really strongly last season, and then this was our opportunity to kind of get out of that cycle. And then with two pure transfer windows, we're we're in the same position. Obviously. Injuries as well because I can't remember an injury crisis like this. That's Since, been the, that's yeah. been the big difference this time. Yeah. We were talking. I we were talking. You, 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 were, you were saying. You were saying um, earlier. You were asking you know, the other lads whether they thought Sunderland would get relegated. You didn't ask me. I, I, the, the reason for the studio. That's that's quite all right. <laughs> that's quite all right. Well, you know, the odds are that Sunderland are going to get relegated. There's no there's no doubt. That, that that's the way things are pointing. But there again, they've pointed that way in each of the previous four seasons at this stage as well. So you can never say never. However, you've got to say that, that, that that's the way it's looking. For um, me, though, on that... But this time, this, the, the thing is, the injuries. When you've got a poor squad like Sunderland have got, when you've got a, a squad that's low on quality, the last thing, or the thing, one thing that you can't afford, is to have your better players, your Lee Catamulls, your Victor and each of his in in this case, you can't afford Duncan Watmore's. You can't afford to have these these people missing all season. A team in Sunderland's situation can't afford to carry knocks and injuries, serious injuries, to you know the their best players. Well, I guess we can't pretend that we didn't know that Catamore wouldn't have a spell because he always does. That Anichbe wouldn't have a spell. That Kershaw wouldn't have a spell. Yeah, Pinar, people like that. But there's, but there's a spell. John O'Shea was injury prone. That, well, John O'Shea, John O'Shea has barely had an injury. You know, Lee Catamull, you say about having a spell. Well, his spell's lasted since September. Yeah. You know, that's not well, a spell. He has, he's not He's not adverse to a good three or four months out with an injury, though, is he? No, but in each of the last four four seasons, you know, he's been, he's been a key uh, person at the end of the season. He is the person that brings the competitive... Yeah. Edge that drags him. No, he's not, he's right. not the best player no, think, in, in the squad. Great. But my point is that if you're going to prepare, my view is that I think it's naive to 
yes, we've been unfortunate that we've had, say, the knee injuries to Pickford and McNair and, and, and what more, definitely. Um, but I think it's a bit naive to kind of fill your squad full of injury-prone players and then be surprised when they all get injured and they've all been injured at once. So if they've all been injured at once, I guess, you know, as argument opens up, is it is it something where you're doing week to week on the training pitch that's creating these situations? I don't know, but that, I, I just think. But some players like Jan Kirchhoff, who who was you know immense for Sunderland in yeah. the second half of last season, he's only here because he's injury prone. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know? and, and, he, and, he, and and it worked out in Sunderland's favour last year. He didn't get injured this time. It's it's you know it's gone the opposite way. It has, it has. But I still I, do, I still believe there's been spells where. I think David Moyes could have done more. I don't think, like people have said, I don't. I think we we should still be in with a shout now with the squad that he's got. That's what I was saying before. This squad's better than twenty points, yeah, it isn't is. it? Yeah. And I to go back to in terms of great. in but terms of the Moyes teams in the Premier League, I would argue yeah. that this is a potentially like when we look at the teams that went down with fifteen, nineteen points. I don't. I think that the the standard was a lot higher then. I think the, the standard generally has deteriorated mm-hmm. over the years. I don't think. That the quality is as good, um, and I think so. I think this is one of the weaker Premier Leagues that we're in. Well, um, it, was, it was shown back in January there was there was a strong bottom six where any of them could have gone down, and people were saying in any other year, and it's, it's kind of happened now. Yeah. The bottom three would have been cut adrift. But to go back to the Moyes in Moyes out thing, for me it's not a case of survival anymore. Like whoever came in now, I don't think would turn it around. I think it's different other years. I think it's too far gone. But as a supporter, I'm not in, I'm, I'm not enjoying watching watching David Moyes of Sunderland. Bar and I think in, I think just to take 2017 alone from the games that I've been to, I think the Liverpool game on the second of January and maybe the Spurs game have been the only games I've enjoyed. And I can't see that. Right, let's say he's in charge in the Championship. I can't again see enjoy enjoying watching this brand of football because it's not like we're struggling and you can see what he's what he's trying to implement, you're watching baffling decisions week after week, which we saw, we've touched on already, a host of on Saturday. And with in terms of credibility, I don't think just keeping Moyes restores any credibility to Sunderland. I think Moyes, you could argue, is part of the problem for a bit of a lack of credibility at the, at the moment and what is making us, you know, is, is one of the reasons people are laughing at us. He's came in a broken man from his last two jobs. I know obviously he was a success at Everton, but in football terms, that was that was a lifetime ago, and he looks like a man burned who second guesses himself because of those bad experiences. The thing you're talking about about having Gillabodgy warming up for ages and Dong looking like he was going to come on for ages looks like a man just riddled with doubt. Mm. Like it's it's a and he's, it's and a he's bit got sad. and he's got. I mean, I know Bracewell's obviously had the had a job at, at Fulham. Long time ago now, was mm-hmm. it? And he, he was at Halifax as well, yeah, years thousands, ago. Yeah. Um, but he's flanked by relatively inexperienced. Yeah, Bracewell's mm-hmm. an experienced, an experienced footballer. He's played at the highest level for England. One very fine but in, ter- in terms of coaching. But in terms yeah. of, of coaching and in terms of being on that touchline, it's almost like you've got some novices um, alongside him as well. So. Um, and, and it's Stockdale who seems to spend most most of his time in the in the. Uh, uh, technical area, yeah. do, giving out the instructions or whatever. You know, I'm not saying that Stockdale's not a good coach. He might be. I, I don't know. I know he's highly rated, and um, you know, people speak highly of him. So, you know, it's it's tough for them as well. So, 
I don't know. I, do, the, 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 I find it really objectionable. The, the main thing I, I get when people say yeah, it's like a manager is not a great thing, and you've got to give someone an opportunity, try and build over time. I just, I feel though I don't feel as though the kind of conclusion I've come to myself for the last few weeks is that kind of tossed and turned over it a bit, and I just don't feel as though that David Moyes earned the right to get give, give yeah. us get, have the opportunity to get us promoted if we go get relegated. I mean, the way I look at it, the way I look at it, Gareth, is no manager now that comes to Sunderland, um, and not just Sunderland, uh, lots lots of other clubs too. They never sort of own their own failure anymore because no. because they turn up and uh, and they've got a plan, and it's going to take two years or three years to to turn things round, and the rugs pulled from under them within twelve months. Not just at Sunderland, but other places too. So they so they walk away and they go. Well, you know, I inherited a squad. It's not the squad I wanted. I brought in some players, couldn't get rid of some others. You know, I would have done this next, I would have done that next, um, but never got the chance. So they never truly take, take the responsibility because they don't have the responsibility because because they're, they're not there long enough to do what, what they need to do. And, and I think, you know, that, that's one of the biggest problems with with the rapid turnover of manager. I think they, after, after three years, if, if, if Sunderland said, let, let's say, for sake of argument, let's say Sunderland, Sunderland said, right, we're going to give David Moyes a four-year contract, and by the end of his four years in charge, we want to be here, you know, mid-table, wherever you, wherever you want to put that, that, that line. And then you said, right, and in that four years, if you get relegated and you come back to, to do it, then that's fine. But nobody does that. They say... We want to be in mid-table, and we want to be there yesterday. And, right. we, and we want to play really good football while we're doing it, and we would like you to make a profit, if you don't mind, as well. And, and you know, you're almost on a hiding to nothing from, from, from the word go. Um, if, you, if someone said, right, you've got four years, and that's where we want to be at the end of your four years, then you can put in a plan. But you can't do that. I just think, it, I, I take your point, but I think, you know, a manager, say... So he's a, you know, to, to give a flip side argument maybe, say so, to, he gets sacked tonight, right? And then, what I would be thinking is, I wouldn't be appointing a manager for next season. No, no, totally. Wait I'd till next be going, year. Because we're probably down anyway, right? I would say we're like, what, 90%, I would say, chances yeah. we're going down, right? I think what the players don't need, I don't think the players need coaching. I think they need a motiv- They need somebody to motivate them because they don't look motivated. Yeah. Don't Same thing look- as Middlesbrough, isn't it? They don't look. They look like it doesn't matter what you can tell them to do. They're not going to be able to carry it out because they just confidence is gone. You know, they, they need to be reinvigorated somehow, and then that that's the only way that like like Decanio probably did in a way, or you know, Advocate did a, a fresh face doing something different, galvanising them, and then building again. And then you get the summer and you go, right, who do we want to take us forward? Now, we're talking about someone like David Moyes, like, yeah, he's, he was at Everton and that was, like you say, in football terms a lifetime ago. He went to Man United or whatever, so it's almost like, oh, well, this is the name manager, it's a good manager, he's going to do this for us. But it kind of feels like he's pretty much, his shoulders are the slope of your shoulders and you'll ever see it, like, right from the outset. It Wouldn't it be nice to have somebody come to the club who thinks it's a privilege to be at Sunderland yeah. rather than seeing it as some sort of well, well 
rather than you who know, in their first God. interview says, yeah. I, I didn't take the job last year because I didn't yeah. think I could, didn't think I could keep, keep them the up. Bubble. You and, know, then for, and then we're in a relegation battle, and then yeah. anyone I sign is going to be terrible. Yeah. It'd be great to have these someone players, who these, you're not gonna, inspires you yeah. as a supporter. These players, again. these players, this is the best you're going to get from this group of players after drawing at home one all to West Brom. But I, but I, th- I don't think that, that Sunderland fans want a manager that's going to come in and, and just say all the things that the fans want to hear. I mean, David Moyes was, was asked whether whether he thought Sunderland would be, would be in a relegation battle this season, and he said yes, and he's been proved right, hasn't he? Had he said, had he said, no, we'll be absolutely fine today. People will be saying the man's deluded. But, 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 is, but so, 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 so you tell the truth and you're wrong. And and if you try and pat the fans on the head and and, you know, about, and throw about, throw them a bone, then that's then that's then that's not as well. Approached that in a different way, though, yeah. didn't he? I don't think he Allardyce never pretended everything was okay. He always said, look. If the players don't book their ideas up, they're going down. I think it was more the tone and the delivery of, yeah. of the way Moises, that things, look, these things get said. I think what Moises, Moises is saying: look, the players aren't not putting the effort in. He said they, they, they just they, their ability is w- what it is. And, he, and when he's talking about and when he's talking about uh, um, the players that he that he brings to the club, it's very easy to say, well, this player X moved to to this club for five million quid. Why didn't Sunderland buy him? Well, you know. Maybe Sunderland tried and he wouldn't come here. I mean, you look at, at players like uh, uh, Robbie Brady. Robbie Brady chose Burnley over Sunderland and uh, Ryan Mason chose Hull over Sunderland. You know, these are players that, that Sunderland wanted but decided they wouldn't come here. I wonder why. Well, it's interesting, well, actually, because <laughs> well, uh, well, there's a variety uh, of issues, but I don't think the manager yeah. basically saying, well, anybody you're bringing isn't going to improve the squad and then putting a £30 million bid in for you. Yeah. Well, credibility is, is a word that James mentioned earlier then Rory expanded on. And it's interesting because we all live in this kind of little bubble where we we think we know what the rest of the league's perception of Sunderland is, but we probably don't. And it's interesting that our ex-managers and our ex-directors of football have actually moved on and, and, and done all right, actually. Like, Congerton's landed himself a job at Celtic this week, hasn't he? And uh, Poyet's done all right. Avocat's done, yeah. Yeah, done all right. So it's like it's it's interesting whether the rest of football looks at Sunderland and thinks, oh, God, like, any, anyone could go there and they wouldn't get anything out of Sunderland. But then the people who have been at Sunderland have made like terrible and mistakes. Different players, and it's it's recruitment after recruitment, window after window after window of bad recruitment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not like these people aren't accountable for the mistakes because there's been plenty of mistakes made by managers and directors of football at Sunderland. But Sunderland always takes the flack because we're a club that always hires and sacks managers, and, and players move through Sunderland, they don't get sold on for a profit. So it's like, well. He's, he's a, a failing club, let's just beat them where a stick, you know what I mean? I think, it matter what I think also pitch as well, there's other areas where we've definitely failed in the credibility stakes oh, in the yeah, last well, few years, yeah. and we know what we're talking about. Yeah, so, of course, yeah. And you know, that, that, the, these are things that people are aware of, you know, and, and, and I think some, I do think, some, you know, we obviously follow other accounts on Twitter, similar sites to ourselves, similar, you know, or podcasters, whatever, you know, and, and people do laugh at Sunderland. People think we're a joke. That's where the whole thing comes from with the people walking out and all that. You know, people do laugh about the fact we have a terrible start of the season. People joke about the fact, oh, we only turn up, at, you know, in, in April or whatever. Um, you know, that we've become, you know, the unflushable turn, really, haven't we? And yeah. that's that's how people look at us. Yeah. Um, I mean, the you average know, football that, fan's like when perception you, when it does, must be so low that yeah. that match of the day can justify saying, "Oh, there's the Sunderland fans are walking yeah. out again," and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that because 
we're, it, we're an easy yeah. target. And it does get like it does feel a little bit like well, almost the manager's compounding it from the things he's saying. I know what you're saying is real. I think you're right. I think it's fine to be realistic, but I think like Stephen says, I think Allardyce had the balance right. Yeah. When no one like, when no one in the media fights your corner, it'll be in the wider media, James. Yeah. I don't necessarily yeah. mean I don't mean yourself, Brew, James. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're all gonna we're all lynching him now. You can't yeah. see it. I mean, the, the national media we're talking about match of the day and when they laugh at us. So it'd be nice to have your manager fighting your corner yeah. for you. Roy Keane would often be quite realistic in what he said, but he still galvanised it. You know, he, even Steve Bruce it, did, it, to be fair. Saturday is proof of that because. Although there was no real tactical plan, so I might sound daft that I'm saying this, but I still really do think that just a little bit of extra self-belief would have made a massive difference mm-hmm. on Saturday because the game was there for the taking. And you do feel that sometimes if you just if you hear the manager say, you know, they're good enough to do it, they're just not quite believing themselves, they can do it, that kind of thing. Yeah. And getting extra, fi- getting extra was, 5% out of those If you go players, into that dressing room and you go, you know what, I believe we're in a false position. I believe that, yeah, we're not the greatest squad in the world, but you know I reckon we're worth an extra five or six points over the over the course of the season. That when I've seen Sunderland play, and I think you know with the right attitude together, if we all work together and all have, you know have the same goal in, in mind, trying to get as close to 17 as we possibly can, we can get more out of the squad. He, he, he could be saying that in the dressing but room. But then I mean, we, we don't, we don't know. Public, we don't know what he's saying. Public, don't we? Maybe he put maybe he put that sign up in the dressing yeah, room that the club but, tweeted yeah, on Saturday. Say it, it in public. Like, give, I, give the sign the job. Yeah, but I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand it. How it's. I just think it's impossible to disassociate the person, your boss, basically just telling everybody in the world that you're not good enough and your performance. Is going to suffer. There's no, there's no, nobody can convince me when you, when you, like you, you talk about sports psychology and intrinsic and extrinsic motivating factors, and you look at Leicester as a case study last season. It's a, you know, they, those players this season have struggled under the same manager for whatever reason that may be. It makes you wonder, it makes you wonder what he was saying to them last season to motivate them that this season he, well, he didn't it's say results or it could be so the, it's results rather than what he was saying I guess it could could That's be the doping I don't know like Martin, allegedly like <laughs> yeah like Martin Bain telling Moyes it's okay if you go down it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy really yeah. if you get told that you that you don't have to be that good That's the thing it's the so I think I think you give people excuses you give people get out well yeah we got beat 3 in the day um but you know it's, I did the best I could so you didn't do the best yeah. you could. I don't believe that when I've been to a Sunderland game this season, there's been a game where I thought the players that we've got have, like as a collective, consistently done the best that they could. I always think that we're under, we're undercooked. Maybe it's Hull. I mean, quite a good performance. Well, we had that little spell, div, but yeah. that's an even more depressing thing. We had yeah. we're in five games. We like won three. Yeah. We've only won five games all season. <laughs> Like yeah, we've won two, two in tw- like they run thirteen and ten. Well, two two wins in twenty three games. At this current run in the the run at the start of the season. I think I think the one thing that's, that seems to have really changed this season, or I, or certainly I've I've noticed it more this season than in any previous season that I've been covering the club, is that every tiny detail has been poured over this season in terms of every word that the manager said who we sent out to warm up and for how long and whether they were in a bib or not. And those things are, are simple details when what really matters are, are the results and sort, sorting, what, uh, yeah. sorting, sorting the club out. And they become, there's, there's a, a two-hour window after a, after a game where 
Twitter is is just a um, a minefield of of people pulling to pieces every word that the manager says, no matter how um, reasonable it might be. People are hanging on on every word, and I've never I've never seen that before with any previous manager. I don't think Poy had a bit of that. No, I don't think so. No, I think he did. Like, Towards the end, yeah, maybe, definitely. Uh, when but, he criticised the fans, I think he brought that they, on him. But like you say, but this is, it's not like. Everything was fine before, and this has gone really badly. Everything's been going badly for ages. David Moyes is a continuation of that. It's not like he's been a, a tonic to that. So I think the fact that his job isn't really under any sort of scru- scrutiny means that people will be more sort of, well, what on earth is going on here? And you see, you, hold him to you see that, you see that at other clubs as well. Um, prime examples recently, Alex Neal at, at Norwich recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Gowers, obviously, who come on the show quite often when Norwich are in the Premier League, um, you know, expressing those views, and, and you see that from Norwich fans. Um, Paul Lambert at Villa, I think, was a great example of that. Where I think at the front page of the Birmingham Mail, I think, had practically a celebration issue when he was sacked. I'm not joking. I think they did because they hated him. Yeah. Um, but he just they couldn't get rid of him, even no matter yeah. what he did. I, I think, think, and I think, it, and, it, and it, I think that. The fact that we're bottom of the league with the worst points total we've had in in one of these, you know, terrible seasons that we've had recently, and nothing seems to be happening. Everybody else has sacked the managers, and all of a sudden, got better. Um, so I'm not. I'm, my view is I, I agree about stability and everything, but you've got to make sure you've got the right person in place to rebuild. I think the jury still is out on David Moyes. I think it's perfectly fair to say 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 the jury's out. You know, I wouldn't wouldn't argue with that at all. You know, I think that what you what you've got to do is is you've got to set the thing in, into the context of the, of the problems that the club has. And I know I've written about this earlier in in the season. Um, you know, the the club to, without putting too too fine fine a point on it. You know, is in a complete and total state off the field as well as on it. And that is going to take a lot of sorting out, and it may well. In fact, not only it, not it may well, it will get worse before it gets better. And I think that that's what what the background to to all this is. And when I say it's going to get worse before it gets better, that that is looking like it's going to mean relegation. But but is relegation such an absolute disaster? Well, no, well we've talked, we've discussed no, this before. As I was saying, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 okay with relegation now. But I mean, my, I, I, for for example, Newcastle got relegated. They didn't like it one little bit, but but they went down plenty, fighting at the end. Plenty of plenty yeah. of and they, stu- and they stuck with the manager. And yeah, uh, because well, because they, they did because he, the sun shines out his backside. He can't do anything hell? wrong. Uh, fair, fair play. My point is. They got relegated under the manager, and they stuck with the manager in the same way that Burnley got relegated yeah. un, under Sean Dyche and stuck with him, you know. And and I think and Hull got relegated under Steve Bruce and stuck with him, and he brought them back. All right, he went just before the start of the season, but he brought them straight back. But again, each individual situation has its own story. Of course, it you does. know, you talk of about course. Steve Bruce there. Obviously, there's a, a club that's generally quite destabilised. In in, yeah. in the, the owners basically want to sell it. They're not really interested in the club. And then you you, you you talk about Newcastle, the situation there where it was almost like we're punching above our weight here, lads. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, isn't my girlfriend the most beautiful girlfriend in the world? This, that was the kind of there. And then it but was the, oh, God, please don't leave us, please don't leave us, Rafa. The only manager in the country, by the way, who gets called by his first name and not his second. 
And and then you've got I can't remember the other club you were talking about, but there's Burnley. Burnley again another narrative there. I would say a club with a relatively low expectations in terms of what the def they are definitely punching above the weight as a as a as a club in modern football yeah. and that the facilities that yeah. they've got available and the money that they've but, got available. But the them. larger point I'm making here, and, and this this you know this again will will divide opinion, but from Sunderland's point of view, when you think about where the fans are right now, and you're right, the apathy, and and I, I can completely um, I can completely uh, see where where that is. You know, you part with your cash and you turn up and you watch rubbish football and you and you see your team lose more often than not and all the rest of it. Perfectly get that. Probably the only antidote to that is winning games. And Sunderland aren't going to win many games in the Premier League, even if they survive. You'd be better off, to a certain degree, with taking a step back and winning games, trying to build some, trying to get the fans off the floor for a start. And th- and then give it another go, and that won't be popular, and and you know fair, fair enough, but there's got to be something to be said for it. I don't think it, I don't think that would be the end of the world personally, but at the same I mean financially it would be a massive problem for the club. Don't, don't get me wrong, yeah. but well, but I'm talking I'm talking about I'm talking about the I'm talking about for the fans' point of view. I agree. There, there I agree needs with to be you. a clear strategy to come back up while the partial payments are still on. You know that that's obvious. And it, we will talk about it more more on Thursday as well. But we because we've said before that we think we do have. For the first time in a while, at least more saleable assets than we have had in previous years. We have more younger players who look like they will be able to play in the championship more than we have in previous. Bringing years. in younger players with a resale value is obviously part of the mm. uh, part of the turnaround uh, idea, rather than signing thirty four, thirty five year olds with no resale value. We've got a few of them. Like of course, them. of course, <laughs> yeah. But but as as Stephen says, you know that there have been younger players brought in who do have a resale value. One of the Sunderland's biggest problems is that for all these players that they've that they've signed over the last four or five years, um, the, you know the, they've got nothing back for the vast mm. majority of them. Well, they've, got, th- they've got to be good enough, though, haven't they, as well? Yeah, of course, we're, we're going to throw some figures on that when we when we do the show later in the week. Gar of the end of the light show, we're going to be all all positive and talk about what happens if we go down or when we go down <laughs> and which players we think might might. Might play well at that level, and which players we think we could sell, and how much money we can get, and we'll just have a little bit of a play around with that one. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Just before we go, um, I'll get it, and I'll be honest. Like, my, my, the splinters in my backside. I think I, with Moyes, I can be persuaded both ways. My <laughs> instinct at the minute is telling me to stick with them. Moyes in or out, Chris? I don't think it matters. Um, Chris, Moyes in or out? Um, in your opinion. In. In. Garrett, Rory? It uh, doesn't matter for this season, but I don't think he's the man to bring us back up next season, so out for me. James? I say stick with stick with where you are. Garrett? At the moment, I'm definitely in swaying towards the out. OK, thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.